The Bengals have officially put one practice in to week one, and we've got some injury updates and major storylines to talk about as we start to ramp up for the Bengals trip to Cleveland. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Bengals fans and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host Jake Lisko. He's your host James Rapine. We're part of the Locked On podcast network here on Locked On Bengals bringing you coverage of your team every day and if you're new to the show make sure you subscribe on YouTube or anywhere you're listening to this podcast and that'll make it really easy for you to join the first listen club. Everyone who makes us your first listen every day and makes us a part of your life. We really appreciate all of you. In addition to the everydayers who don't miss an episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. And this isn't a time of year to miss an episode. It's week one. It's the most hyped time of year. Maybe outside of the draft will be a competitor for us. Uh, free agency opening up, that's another competitor. But the most excitement around this team at this stage in its team building cycle is got to be week one and then the playoff run that's coming this winter this episode of lockdown bengals brought to you by bird dogs go to birddogs.com slash locked on nfl or enter promo code locked on nfl for a water bottle with any order you won't want to take your bird dogs off we promise you james let's talk injury update zach taylor spoke with you sitting near where you're sitting right now at Paycor stadium gave some injury updates on joe burrow on chidobia bousier on joseph osai and of course we start with the franchise, still waiting for his deal, by the way, as of time of recording, about 4 p.m. on Monday. Joe Burrow, according to Zach Taylor, still considered somebody they're going to take day-to-day with his calf injury. Yeah, day-to-day and didn't want to declare him ready to go for Sunday. I think he's going to play Sunday. All signs point to that happening. Zach Taylor said he was encouraged by what he saw from Burrow out there again. So now we're talking about three straight practices I talked to Irv Smith Jr. in the locker room, and he seems to think the chemistry is awesome and and that they're ready to go. So he's confident there when it comes to Burrow and that he's hitting on all cylinders. So I get it. Zach Taylor might not want to declare it. Heck, we may see Joe Burrow in the injury report this week, but it's certainly not a concern in my book. I think he's going to be out there. Now, I will say this, and it's interesting. It's just a note that I will mention because – it's, it's note season, especially, as you mentioned, the, the contract aspect of things. I did not see Joe Burrow in the locker room during the open media portion uh, of, of, of things right after the Bengals practice. And normally he does roll in there at some point. Normally we see him. I did not see him. That doesn't mean he wasn't there. Maybe he rolled through and he went to get treatment or he, he jumped in the cold tub or had a meeting. There's plenty of reasons why he wouldn't be in there. But I didn't see him. So who knows? Maybe he's... Uh, He's talking with his agent about this new deal. There we go. I'll, I'll set the world on fire with that speculation. Yeah, it's one of those reasons that he could be upstairs signing a contract, James. Yeah. Maybe that's it. Well, I have a pen if he needs it. I'm still here. So if he needs a pen, I have one. I mean, I'm in the news conference room, Joe. Just come find me. I'm, I'm saying this like he, he can hear me right now, like we're live streaming. But uh, Why aren't we yeah. live streaming is the question for yeah. moments like this. Could you imagine? That would be the best moment 
in podcast our podcast history at That'd least be hilarious and, and most but uh yeah i do expect joe burrow to play week one and uh obviously that's great news for a variety of reasons brian callahan last week when he talked said that he felt like the bengals had a good plan for joe burrow to get ready for week one zach taylor playing it a little coy no reason to give additional information to the cleveland browns when you don't have to but you can bet the jim schwartz and that cleveland browns defense <laughs> is preparing for Joe Burrow. On the other side of the ball, Kevin Stefanski, next Cleveland Browns offense, ought to be comparing for Chidobe Awuzie. Very cut-and-dried answer from Zach Taylor when asked if Chido is going to play in week one. The answer being yes. Yes, he is. And some folks have still been wondering about this. I don't know if you've had these questions, James, but I've had some asking for just assuming that Chidobe Awuzie will be ready for week one, and we have been, and sounds like, our assumption was correct. We've seen him ramping up throughout training camp and to a much greater degree in the last couple of weeks. Cheeto should be ready to go, according to Zach Taylor, for week one. Huge. This is huge for a bunch of reasons. Obviously, it's something that our listeners have known about our opinion. I mean, I remember saying in OTAs, like, this man is planting, jumping, moving his hips, uh, flipping his hips without a a, a – any kind of protection on that knee. I mean, it, it, screw a brace. Like he didn't even have a sleeve or a wrap or anything. It's like, oh, this dude's going to be ready. And he looks ready. He looks the part. And Zach Taylor with just huge, huge praise for Cheeto on Monday. Arguably one of the smartest corners in the league. I haven't coached every corner, but but he's just got those instincts, that awareness. Um physically talented, physically as talented as anyone. And so there, there's a lot that he brings to the table um, that people see and people don't see, you know. And so um, it's good to get him back, just just him back in the huddle, him back out there taking reps. He really makes those receivers work for everything that they get. I know that they would tell you that. And so he's, he's, a, he's a great weapon to have back there. Yeah, he's, he's a great weapon to have back there. He's certainly someone that uh, it's just a major – major piece. And, and you look at this secondary Jake, and I think that's one of the, the question marks nationally. If you have Cheeto and he's like 90% of Cheeto to start the season, I don't really have many concerns about the secondary. I think they're going to be really good from the jump. Cam Taylor Britt. I expect a lot out of him. We know about Mike Hilton. We'll talk more about him in a second. The two safeties point is, is I think Cheeto having him back is just such a, a huge, huge thing for this defense because it was a question mark, even though we were pretty bullish on it. And so uh, I'm excited to see him out there. And he's playing in Cleveland where he suffered the injury on Halloween. Yeah, it's a big shot in the arm for the defense. It will be different in the secondary, even with Cheeto back. There are different safeties. Cam Taylor Britt is not the person who started at corner for the Bengals last year, early in the year, to begin the year. That was Eli Apple. Eli Apple no longer with the team. But that's a very easy argument to say you've improved at that spot, especially with the summer that Cam Taylor Britt had. So if your other three corners are roughly the same and you're going against an improved Cleveland Browns receiving core with the addition of Elijah Moore, what a boost. And, and Cedric Tillman, by the way, third round pick, mm-hmm. made some noise for the Browns in the preseason. Wouldn't be surprising to see him get onto the field in week one either. Just, just a, an important piece of continuity for this team to have Chidobe Awuzie back on the field at cornerback. The other big injury update, Joseph Osai, 
Still not on IR. On the rehab field. Pretty suggestive at this point that Osai will not need the IR. Zach Taylor also described Osai as day-to-day in his press conference on Monday. Different kind of day-to-day, I think, than Joe Burrows. We talked about that before we started recording, James. But overall, I think there is significant news here for Osai that he's avoided the IR, that he's out there on the rehab field already just a, a couple of weeks now, a week, a week plus removed from a high ankle sprain that has you know for anywhere from a three to 12 week recovery time, depending on the grade of the sprain. So sounds like he maybe got off on, on the lighter side here. And hopefully that's the case. Yeah, hopefully. And they do have until Saturday to do the IR move. It doesn't feel like it's going to happen, but they still could, and it wouldn't cost them any more weeks. So we'll see, but it was good to see him in a Jersey at, at practice and who knows? Maybe you get him back week two. I, I don't expect him to play this week. Now, maybe he surprises me. I don't expect that. But could he suit up and and be ready to go maybe for the Ravens or, or the Monday night game against the Rams? I think that is is more realistic today than I thought it was a few days ago. So that's really good news for number 58. It would be great to see him get back on the field anticipating a significant year for Joseph Osai as a contributor. He just needs to stay healthy. That has been a challenge for him at times, various random injuries occurring. His foot got caught in the infamous FedEx field turf and had a little rotation occur. That's what leads to that high ankle sprain, but hopefully the Bengals have him back sooner than later. 2023 captains announced. Talk about continuity. We'll get into the Bengals 2023 captains coming up next. Today's show is brought to you by Bird Dogs. I love Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs, they're such a big part of my day-to-day life, and it's quickly become my go-to shorts, my go-to pants. And when it it comes to covering the Bengals, well, I wear Bird Dogs almost every day, including today, by the way, here at Paycor Stadium. Why? Well, they're comfortable. They keep you dry in the summer. I wore them throughout training camp. So did Jake Lisko when he was in town. They're perfect for any occasion, whether you're covering training camp, whether you're going golfing, maybe you're thinking like, yeah, but what do you do in November, December when you're out at practice, James, and it gets chilly? Their joggers are the most comfortable joggers in the game. You need to get in on bird dogs and thank me later because they're the shorts, pants, anything in between uh, the apparel that you need. So go to birddogs.com slash locked on NFL today or enter promo code locked on NFL at checkout for a free bird dogs water bottle with your order. This is a quality bottle, by the way, that's going to keep that water nice and cold all summer long, all fall long. And if you're like me, I got to put ice in my water. It's a big deal. So birddogs.com slash locked on NFL for a free water bottle at checkout. Thank me later. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Cincinnati Bengals 2023 captains are the same. Mostly. There is one exception. There is one exception to, to the list. There is one change from 2022 and building suspense here. I don't know why. And that's with the departure of Von Bell. Obviously there is one new defensive captain. And let's start with Mike Hilton. The the new captain, first-time captain, loved the story for Mike Hilton. Everybody knows the story. Came up as an undrafted free agent, quickly carved out a role for himself, gets a four-year deal 
gets that financial security, and now in his third year with the Cincinnati Bengals, a captain. And this could have happened sooner if there weren't so many other great choices for that captaincy last year. Makes a ton of sense. Really happy for Mike Hilton. Just a great story. Great guy. Really gracious podcast host as well when he joined us last year. So congratulations to Mike Hilton. Yeah, he's deserving. And I, I'm not shocked at all. It, it Really, I think about it. I'm like, man, I'm surprised he wasn't a captain last year, right? And it's you get it with Von Bell. He was such a leader in that that secondary as well. But Mike Hilton makes a ton of sense. Great decision. All of these guys are voted on by the players. And um, really top to bottom, they all make a lot of sense. And for Mike Hilton, though, you're right. It's been a heck of a story. He's become such a huge part of that defense. He's obviously a leader. I know for a fact, young guys, Dax Hill, Jordan Battle, Tyson Anderson, they look to Mike uh, for guidance, and and he's certainly the one they go to. So I love it for him. I think it makes a ton of sense, and I hope he balls out this year. Like I said, that's it's one of the reasons why I'm not super concerned about the secondary. I just think the veterans that they have in that room, it might not be as veteran-laden as it was last year, but they're going to be able to stabilize things and, and get the most out of the young guys. And Mike Hilton's a big part of that. Mike Hilton and the other guy we've talked about, Chidobe Abouzier, some great veterans here. And Nick Scott, a veteran, new to the Bengals, but a veteran nonetheless. Mm-hmm. Interesting note from Ben Baby before we get to the rest of the Bengals captains, because I'm not watching other teams' captain announcements the way that I'm watching for Bengals captain announcements, but Ben retweeting the Jesse Bates is a captain in his first year down in Atlanta. So good for Jesse Bates as well. Uh, but on back to the, to the topic of Bengals captains on the offensive side of the ball, same as last year, no special teams captains, but on the offensive side of the ball, Joe Burrow, Ted Karras, Joe Mixon, Burrow and Karras, no brainers. Mixon earning this honor again, shows you what his teammates think of him, regardless of what has happened off the field in the courtroom where he was declared innocent by a judge. That didn't matter. Team still behind Joe Mixon, still gets that captaincy nod, and Joe Burrow and Ted Karras, two clear leaders in that offensive room. For sure. And no real surprises. I think, to me, it's uh, it makes a ton of sense, obviously, with, with Karras. I, I, from day one, he came in and kind of – became a leader, instant veteran. We know the impact he's had on the community. Like, duh, right? Joe Burrow, we know about him. And, and Joe Mixon is as well-liked in that locker room as anyone. So makes a ton of sense for all three. And then on defense, whew, it, you knew it had to be a couple defensive linemen in there. And and you could go – I think you could go with some other guys, but obviously there's no one – I don't think there's anyone more important than DJ Reader on that defense when he's playing at a high level and they're going to be counting on him all season long, certainly on Sunday against Nick Chubb and and Sam Hubbard. He's coming off of a career year, like captain last year, coming off of a career year. Uh, we'll see if, uh, if he can one up himself and be even better this year, but obviously he played his tail off last season. A couple of guys that have been with the team for quite some time now that have been in the league in DJ readers case, longer than he's been with the team makes a ton of sense for these guys to be named captains. Again, they're clear leaders on the defensive side of the ball, all three. And, and you're right, there, there are a few other candidates 
waiting in the wings if the Bengals need some future captains. And I was surprised. One of my guesses when, when we talked about this, I hadn't seen the list yet, was Logan Wilson. Not a captain yet, but mm-hmm. I, I think that's just a matter of time in his career as he accumulates years and experience with this team that, that Logan Wilson will be a captain in the near future. But great list. The Bengals have great, great player leadership. And Zach Taylor and his coaching staff talk a lot about the culture that they've created or helped to create. A lot of that is also on the players that they've brought in. And these players are great examples of the kind of people who contribute in the community the way so many of them do and lead in the locker room the way they do that leads to that tight-knit relationship or, or weave of tight-knit relationships, really, that makes up the Bengals locker room. No doubt. No doubt. And you're right. Logan Wilson's one. I think in the next year or two, Cam Taylor Britt, I could totally see mm-hmm. emerging as a captain. I mean, there are guys like that that are obvious candidates down the line, but uh, they have a, a really good group. Who knows? Maybe T Higgins or, or Jamar Chase down the line could, could emerge as that. I, I get why they're not this year though. I could totally see in a year or two. I mean, heck those guys are still 24, 23, like they're young. And uh, so th- hopefully they combine for more touchdowns than their age this season. But uh, let's uh, let's get into it, Jake. It's week one. And so let's discuss some of the major storylines, starting with the top cornerback in the Cleveland or on the Cleveland Browns roster. Denzel Ward, will he play? Will he not play? That's a question mark going into Sunday. We'll get to that and more coming up next. Like you said, James, week one is here. And if you're ready to get ready. For the NFL season, check out the incredible offers at FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can bet $5. That's it, just $5 to get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Seems like a pretty good deal. In addition to that, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. So if you need a way to watch Bengals games, That's two birds, one stone right there if you're into doing the sorts of things that the number one sportsbook in America can do for you. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use, and you can be on everything from spreads to player props and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, let's dive into... To me, what's going to be outside of like borough contract talks, which we hit on a ton on our Monday show. So check that out if you're looking for that. Naturally, since there hasn't been much there, we didn't talk, discuss it much on today's show. But Denzel Ward dealing with another concussion. I believe it's his fifth concussion. Fourth or fifth? I think it's his and fourth in the NFL. Fourth in the NFL. Okay. Didn't practice on Monday. We will see hasn't practiced, hasn't done anything since suffering it in that final preseason game for the Browns. Why Kevin Stefanski put one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL on the field in a meaningless last preseason game. That's a whole nother question, but I'll rip him for it because that was just stupid. That said, hopefully Denzel's okay, but this is certainly a storyline. Anytime you're facing the Bengals wide receivers, because Denzel Ward has been a, a Bengal killer to a degree. He's been really good. A thorn in, in Joe Burrow's side, obviously the pick six against Jamar, Jamar Chase, where Chase took the blame, but it was a, a bad throw, bad decision by Burrow, whatever you want to say. 
not having Denzel Ward would be a huge loss for the Browns. And I think it's 50-50 at this point. I hope he's okay. Hopefully he plays. But as of right now, I'm not sure he's going to. Yeah, and I talked with Jake Burns, who covers the Browns, about Denzel Ward. There's growing concern about this concussion issue for Ward in Cleveland. Four concussions in his relatively short NFL career. He's been in the league. This is going to be his, what, sixth year? 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 20. Yeah, sixth year. Mm -hmm. Four concussions. And it's taking him a little bit longer as they pile up to recover. Like you said, the, the number one concern here is you hope he's okay. You hope he gets back on the field, avoids concussions for the rest of his career, doesn't become anything more than what it has been so far because he's a, he's a great young player and concussions for any player in the NFL are not something I'd wish on anybody. But in terms of the impact on week one, certainly something that bears watching. The, the big threat with the Cleveland Browns, and we'll talk more about this later this week as we get into the preview and we get into the crossover episode and all these things, is they've rebuilt their defensive line and they brought in Jim Schwartz. And Jim Schwartz wants to rush four guys. You're going to hear us talk about this for the rest of the week. He wants to get pressure with four. True. He wants to run all sorts of crazy creative stuff with those four guys up front. And he wants to get guys into coverage. Historically, he's been a cover one, cover three, not too high kind of defense, wants to run more man. I don't know if you're going to see those things against the Bengals. Again, we'll, we'll talk more about this later this week. But if you lose Denzel Ward, means Greg Newsom probably has to go play outside again instead of playing in the nickel. So you got Martin Emerson, Greg Newsom outside, a couple of very physical, handsy, grabby corners, which is its own can of worms. Good players but somewhat penalty prone, I think, to both of them. And then you're forced to put probably Mike Ford or unproven rookie Cameron Mitchell into the slot to replace Greg Newsom. And what you can do in terms of creativity with your secondary, I think, is diminished in terms of disguise, in terms of changing looks, because you don't have your number one corner out there. Might be a bit of a handcuff for Schwartz, who isn't known for necessarily his flexibility in in the secondary in the first place a little bit of i'm going to do what i'm going to do with that unit and when you have the guys for it which you look at the starters for the browns they have the guys for it it can work pretty well but if they have to change personnel you have a, a slot that you could target and exploit with the veteran who's really good in tyler boyd who we haven't talked about a ton but is certainly a viable weapon for this offense. If there's focus on the outside receivers, get T Higgins into the slot, something that we've seen in training camp. There's a hole that that opens up in the defense. And that's why it's so important and bears watching. And it's such a, an important factor for this week one game. It's huge. I mean, it's, it's huge. I mean, football wise, when, you, when you're the Browns and you're looking at this team, it starts with Joe Burrow, but you instantly go to Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. Like every defensive coordinator in the league, that's how they're going to go. Every time, it doesn't matter how great the offense is, it doesn't matter how many yards Joe Mixon runs for one week or scores, touchdown, it doesn't matter. That's where it starts. Burrow, the receivers. And so having a guy like Denzel Ward, it's still a concern, but it, it, it doesn't have to be as much of one. And now it's like oh you're right i mean it opens up it opens up a hole somewhere and maybe it's that nickel spot you're right or maybe it's just the fact that 
I know Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, even Tyler Boyd, they're going to be up for this game because they know that the, the Brown secondary has gotten them at times and, and has made it competitive and, uh, and has won their fair share of reps. So I hope Denzel Ward does play, to be very, very clear. One, for his health and the player and all of those things. Two, I, I think it will be really entertaining to see if he can guard Jamar Chase and to see if he can go toe-to-toe with T. Higgins. And so we'll see. Hopefully he does. But that, to me, is probably the biggest storyline going into Sunday from an an injury standpoint. Obviously, the Burrow contract is separate. The the other thing would be Jonah Williams and Orlando Brown Jr. versus Miles Garrett, offensive line, defensive line. We're going to talk about it a ton this week, but that's the other major storyline Outside of that, like Joe Burrow being ready uh, last year's week one, him really struggling at the start of the game against Pittsburgh. Okay, fine. I don't expect that. I expect him to be normal Joe Burrow on Sunday. Whether that's fair or not, that's my expectation. Going to be a big litmus test for the Browns overall, I think. How does their remade team – I mean, a lot of new faces by comparison – especially in the trenches, and they add Elijah Moore, Juan Thornhill, a, a new face in that secondary as well. Going to be gonna be interesting for the Browns for, from that point of view, maybe get a taste of, of how quality the Browns really are based on the way this game goes. Although, like I said in yesterday's show, James, week one, and I've said it for years, going to keep saying it, week one is weird. The Bengals going to Cleveland is also is also often weird. <laughs> so hopefully it's not too weird in week one. Because weird is sometimes uncomfortable. Yeah, I, I'm rooting for a good football game, like you. Entertaining, solid football game. And the Bengals need to get a good start in their division. Can't go three and three in the division this year. I think the Bengals on paper look clearly better than the Browns from a roster perspective to me. So it's going to be an important game, but like like you said, like we've said, we have all week to talk about that. Real quick before we get out of here, James forgot in the injury portion, or rather ran out of time really, in the injury portion of the show to start Travion Williams' update that you mentioned mm-hmm. you wanted to hit on. Yeah, Travion Williams uh, telling reporters that he's 1,000% mm. better, feeling 1,000% better. I know Charlie Clifford had that update, and uh, Travion's been practicing Zach Taylor offering up some positive signs as well. So that's another storyline. You want to talk about storylines, and we will hit on it this week. Third down, running back, passing down, running back. Who will it be? Will they keep four active? It's something we will monitor because it looks like as of now, all four guys are going to be healthy. Mixon, Chris Evans, Travion Williams, and rookie Chase Brown. And we talked about that for like 10 minutes last week in an episode because – it's pretty unclear from the outside looking in where they're going to put trust in that third active running back. But if, if Travion's 100%, that, that definitely swings me toward your perspective that you shared last week where Chase Brown is the other guy they would want up as a running back. And if they feel like Travion Williams can get them 15 snaps, Chase Brown would be the third guy. I, I think no doubt about that. It, it was It was really a... If Travion's not 100% and, and they feel like they need a backup for those passing downs, mm-hmm. would that be the path for Chris Evans? And who knows? That, that fourth running back could just be active. Mm-hmm. That, that would be 
a development that we'll continue to watch as well. But we have the rest of the week here to prepare for week one. The Bengals off on Tuesday, back at practice for regular season, regular practice week on Wednesday. That's when we'll get our first injury report of the week. Joe Burrow would traditionally talk to the media on Wednesday. So as we're watching for that contract, that is certainly an event to circle. We've got crossover Thursday coming up in addition to a game preview later this week. So plenty of good stuff coming up on Lockdown Bengals for week one. Until next time, thanks for listening to this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. Who day and have a good one.